team, today I want to introduce Nico Hines, but it's an interesting one because I'm recording this intro more than two years after the episode was recorded. We've been sitting on this episode and I've always been unsure do I release it or not because it wasn't recorded in a studio, it was just recorded sitting in our hotel room in a state of origin camp where very casual, very casual chat, we've just put the phone down and decided to record and I just feel I still need to post it. I still need to share it with you because some of the things Nico talks about, he's deeply passionate about and I think it could help a lot of people. Even in the mental health space that he talks about, I think it's so important that it gets shared. And I'm I'm not doing it justice if this just sits on a hard drive. Um, yeah, so apart from that, my first impression of Nico, what a professional. Uh, a person that was prepared so well that when his opportunity comes, he takes it. There's little messages here that he'll share about his journey. Um, but my first impression was a total professional, a student of his game, a student from a club who has a great uh, reputation of developing players. And he's been mentored by some great mentors where he shares some lessons learned from them. Uh, an absolute pleasure to work with. And when I say ultimate pro, he even took me to a gymnasium at 1am before when he didn't play that game. He was the reserve player and he didn't get a game. While the rest of the team is celebrating in a hotel, he wanted to go and tick his boxes in preparation for his next game. I absolutely loved working with him. At the time of recording, he was moving clubs, and I said he will be the most valuable player to that club for a number of reasons. And he not only went on to have a good season for that new club, but he also went on to win the Dalian Player of the Year in the NRL, a very prestigious award that is much deserved for such a great bloke, a champion on and off the field. I hope you enjoy this episode. So, Nico, I usually say to my listeners, I say, welcome team. Yep. And I do that because I want to treat the listeners the same way I would treat anyone in any team I'm involved in. And that is, if I can, to expose them to people at the top of their game who could either help teach them, inspire them or whatever. So I call these listeners my team. Yep. So I really want to thank you for being a part of that and, and giving you time to share with them. Um, I know you've got... You've got so much uh, that you give and inspire on a daily, weekly basis. Uh, I'm fortunate and really lucky to be in an origin camp with you here today. So we use a bit of time to have a chat. And, I, yeah, I can't thank you enough. Um, nothing is scripted, mate. Nothing here is scripted. But I've only got to know you for one week, and I think you've got something that will inspire a lot of people. So... We're just going to chat, mate, and see where it goes. Sweet, I'm excited. So I'm excited. if you wouldn't mind... Um, sharing with with the listeners um, a little bit of your upbringing where you're from and yep. and you know with this could go anywhere we'll probably go into um little little angles that i feel will either help there's either junior coaches out there listening there's te- there's teachers there's trainers there's athletes there's there's some business community that listen mainly when i've got leadership type people on um but every question i usually ask is to how could that help someone else? So we'll just see where it goes. Okay. Um, but where are you from, mate? 
Yeah, I grew up in the Central Coast, Yamina Beach. Um, I, you know, on the peninsula, there's Wilwa Yamina and along on the, the peninsula, we call it. Um, yeah, enjoyed my time there. I went to school at Yamina Public School and then Brisbane Water Secondary College, which is split up into two campuses, 789 Yamina High and 10, 11, 12 is Wilwa High. And okay. um, played all my junior footy for the Yamina Bunnies. Yeah, and brothers, sisters? Yeah, I got a, a brother yeah. and my parents split when we were young and my dad's got a, a wife, Lisa, and she has a daughter, Jenna, so that's my, our stepsister. Okay, so um, when you say split when you were younger, did you, did you then have time with both sides or what? how did that work? How, when you say younger, how old were you? Uh, I don't even remember. Oh, okay. When, when they, when they yeah. split, so yeah, I was yeah. Yeah, very, very young. Um, I probably recall my stepmom coming into my life probably about two, three years old. Okay. Yeah, yeah right. so, so real early. Yeah, real early. Real early, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I've had the split split family for, for a long time, but it worked. Yeah, and I also always tell people, I bring people on that are at the top of their game. So you're at the top of your game, but also at the very start. Yep. You've got so much more coming. Um, you're about 30 games into a, an NRL career. You're already in the New South Wales squad. I believe you just signed a big deal, probably <laughs> the biggest deal of your life so far. I'm yeah. sure there's going to be others. Um, so how did you get there? Um, I remember you said something that your dad was a big influence on your footy. Yeah, sure. Um, when I first met. So yep. talk to me about him as an influence. Yeah, he, um, he coached my junior team from under sixes all the way through to under thirteens. Uh, I don't know how he done it because we were little rat bags and coaching under sixes all the way to that age is pretty would be hard work. But I, I always have conversations with him. How do you do it? But he loved it. Like he said, I really really enjoyed watching you guys grow and become the the men you are. And um and he also coached like the under nineteens and local A grade as well. Yeah. So I just spent so much time um you know around the under nineteens team, the first grade team, and you know I learned I learned a hell of a lot. You know you. You're there, but you don't think you're learning at the time. But probably looking back on it, like subconsciously, you're learning about you rugby league while you're there. And you're like, so, you know, and that's how me and my dad would build our connection, just being around footy twenty four seven. And I didn't want it any other way, and I just loved it. I'd always be in my gear from head to toe. Yeah. Um, right. On the, on a Friday night before I go play the next day, and uh, I'll be there from seven a.m. all the way till the end of the day, and, and then again on the Sunday for the seniors. So, you know, I, I just loved footy and uh, lived and breathed, and I, I still do. And uh, I actually went and played a year at Terrible Sharks. Yeah. So we, we broke up at Yamina and, and played with Daniel Safiti, Jacob Safiti. Okay, yeah. So we um we had a year there, we won the comp there and then that broke up, went back to Yamina and then went to Woo and had a couple of seasons at Woo as well. Um but then in, while I was doing that I was playing like Harold Matt's SG ball under twenties for the Manly Seagulls as well. Right. And when you say you can see it, when you say you love it, we always talk about you can see when someone really loves their work, you know. Yeah. You can see that, like, if someone loves their work, when you go and grab a coffee off someone, you can tell if they love that job, you know. I see it in you when you're, um, when you're at the footy field. Like, I see it um, in one week. Um, when you talk about that love as a kid, is there a favourite moment as a kid? Like, if I had to ask you, what's your childhood memories, your best childhood memories as junior footy what is it yeah, that's a great question um probably in year six um we we played we played 
Sydney North team was called in PWSA tournaments, and Tommy Trebovich was in that team with me. Yeah. Um, and we went to Inverell, um, and we played the PWSA tournament, we won it, and then we got selected in the PWSA New South Wales team. Yeah. And then there was a squad, and then we went away to Narrabeen for a camp, and then the final team was selected, and I remember... Uh, they named me at halfback. Tommy got named at fullback, uh, I'm pretty sure it was. And um, I remember just looking over at my dad in that moment and he like looked at me and like, went like that and I like, had a little tear running down his face as well. And I remember that yeah, moment like, like yesterday. Yeah, I yeah, just was, got goosebumps. Yeah, <laughs> it was very special. But then a couple of weeks later, I went and um, played a game for my local club and yeah. like, pretty much broke my ankle and I couldn't play. I still got to go down with the crew and spend yeah. it with them, but I just I couldn't play. So ever since that day oh, on, man. I was like, I need to make another New South Wales team because I didn't get to play that day. Well, you, that week. Hang on, so since that team, have you made any New South Wales team until now? Yeah, year 12. Okay. CHS. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, so, right. Yeah, it would have been pretty crazy if I didn't now. And yeah. now you're here yeah. with Tommy. Yeah, with, with Tommy, Tommy as well. Yeah, and I, we made the New South Wales team in uh, high school together as well, so we've made all the teams. Right, yeah, and... Yeah. Did you mention to me before that you played touch footy also with Jerome Luai? Yeah, played yeah. touch footy with Jerome Luai. We had a, a crazy touch footy team that year. We had Matt Dufty, Jackson Hastings, uh, Romy, myself, um, Bevan French. Wow. So we had a yeah we had an unreal team that that year. It was yeah, it was an unbelievable tournament. Now we've had Romy in these Origin camps, and I I, I love working with. He's been on the podcast. Yep. Um, and I, I get to work with him every day, so I love him. But what do you remember of him at that age? Like, how old were you? We were 15. He would have been 15, 14. okay. Yeah. What was he like? He was great. You know, he yeah. was a ball of energy like he is now. I haven't had much to do with him, um, you know, for a long time. But like what the boys have said in this camp, how much energy he brings him and Bizza. Uh, he was yeah. the same back then. And, you know, he was he had his guitar, and I remember one day we were at um, Coffs Harbour for our tournament, and one night I think like our group and the girls' team were all together for a dinner, and um, Remy got his guitar out and started playing. All the girls just went bush straight over <laughs> to him, and just sitting there circling, like just seeing their eyes, they were just frothing him. <laughs> and I actually got videos on my phone still, I think, of um, oh, yeah. of him singing. And could um, we share that on the podcast page? Yeah, for sure, hundred percent, and. Um, you know, and, and I know Romy's uh, expressed uh, what he went through with his dad, and yeah. I remember his dad being bloody legend, and I, I yeah. no doubt he still is. I know they went through a little bit, um, yeah. which yeah. is which was fine, and you know he he taught us to do the haka, and I remember we were all sitting there just doing the haka. It was so fun. It was really good, and um, yeah, he's got a really good family, and um, you know I'd love to rekindle my relationship with Romy one day, and I remember. Round three, I think we played you guys at yeah. Penrith and um, you had to have a little yarn to him after the game. Oh, that's was, good. Yeah, it was good. It was yeah. good to catch up with him and um, yeah, he's doing really well. You forgot to catch up with him after the grand final? Oh. Was he busy? <laughs> oh, he was a bit upset and I was kind of a little bit upset as well because I didn't get on the field. I was yeah, right. I was sat on the bench the whole game, but um, yeah, that was understandable. Why. What was that like, mate? That, that must have been... A... A real happy feeling, but also a weird feeling to not get on. What yeah, was that it was like? Very good, bittersweet. It was, yeah. you know, and um, the emotions were high. Like I, once the sign went, you know, like the happy emotions, and then you know, I, I was like, man, I didn't get on. How do I feel right now? And I remember just seeing like all our boys who aren't weren't in the game day team, who were in our squad, just jumping out so happy and just come over to me and like, Nico, get your jacket off like let's, let's enjoy this you're still there you deserve this and 
remember Cameron Smith come over to me after and said, mate, you're, you're still a part of this. Don't ever think that you're not. You deserve yeah. it as well. And a few of the boys did. And then once I got on the on the stage, got the ring on my finger, I was like, this is what every kid dreams of. I can't, yeah. I can't yeah. you know, be down about it. Like, I'm still here. No one can take it away from me. So That's right. Yeah. Well, we've kind of skipped from being young all the way to an NRL grand final. <laughs> we can go back to being young if we want. Yep. Um, but you just mentioned Cameron Smith, uh, best player ever. What was he like? I'd be interested if you could share um, what he was like as a leader. Yeah, I I really really enjoyed my time with with Cameron Smith. He he's the goat. Like I, you know, being in New South Wales when I grew up, bloody hating on hating, him, yeah. Cameron and Billy and and all those players purely because they won eight in a row and that was my whole childhood yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't know what I was, was going to be like when I went, got to go meet Cameron and, and be around him every day but you know like he can be one of the boys but as soon as it's time to switch he's the Australian captain and Queensland Melbourne Storm captain you know and yeah. when he talks everyone listens and respects him and you know I really like to tell um, people that the story when we were in Sunny Coast last year in the camp you know in the hub we were in yeah. I got to spend so much quality time with Cameron and he could his family weren't in there for for the start. Yeah. And um it probably sounds mean to say this, but I was cheering that they weren't because he got to spend more time spend with more you know, time with me and, yeah. and the boys and I just picked his brain, like literally just picked his brain. We me and him would sit next by the pool and just tan together and just talk and I would just keep talking and he's so happy just to share stories, to share himself and how he prepares and I used to go to sit there and watch him do video to see how he does video and he was just willing to help out young players. He would go be above and beyond and that's what people don't see. Like the media can slam him. So I was media hated him. A lot of yeah, people didn't like yeah. him purely because he's so successful. But it's the Australian way, isn't it? You bring you try yeah. bring people down who are successful. But yeah, he's amazing. I, I really enjoyed him. I, I miss him because he's just such a great person yeah. to be at the club. And well, that's great. I'm sure there's things he passed on to you that you will pass on to yeah, definitely younger players and younger kids and even like people listening out there. When I ask about you know, I, if I ever talk about leaders, I talk about the best ones I've ever seen work is they usually build other people up, yeah. not just themselves, you know. So a superstar builds himself up, but the leader, he's always doing things like you've just said. Uh, I was privileged to work with him in only a couple of little small camps, like all-star camps and stuff. And ever since, he's always, straight after every game, will come over shake your hand, how you going, how's everything, he'll congratulate you or he'll, you know, even after a grand final, yeah. like, he made sure he came up and said, man, you've got a good crew here, keep going with them and, mm-hmm. like, he's always found he he respects the game and yeah, respects you know, everyone in it and, you know, the people that really matter respect him back, so. Yeah, it annoys me that, you know, like the fans or the people don't see that in Cameron. Yeah. He doesn't, it doesn't worry him at all, but it annoys me purely because I know how much of a good person he is. He cares about people. He's a genuine good bloke and wants to see the game and the young players do really well. Yeah. So I just yeah. wish people could see sometimes what we see, you know. Yeah. Just, just is what it is. And that's, they're, they're great things to even share on, on here because a lot of people are uh, coaching kids and, you know, a lot of people are picking captains of teams just because they're the best player, but wouldn't it be great if you were te- teaching your captain how to be a good leader? Yeah, for sure. You know, so yeah. um, that's the same with, you might have noticed that with Brad Fittler in these camps. Like, he's one of the best leaders ever. He's captain, he's club to premierships, yeah. he's state to series wins, he's country, he's captain possibly as many games as Cam. I don't know the stats, but 
you can see that in him now. Yeah, All he does is build up his staff yeah. around him, build up his players, and it's not about him. Yeah, um, yeah that's uh, and he's always, always working out what can I do for somebody else. So the best leaders yeah. are, are that, exactly for sure. that for sure. Yeah, so fine. your dad was a big influence. Um, we've gone all the way up here where Cam Smith was a big influence. Anyone else in and around there? And what characteristics have really influenced you? Yeah, um, I've had a few. You know, uh, my brother has been huge. Not so much the younger days. I mean, we obviously we had a brothership, so we fight a little bit. But um, and then my mum. My mum's a different sort of um, kind of leader or, or guidance of me because when I was young she was in jail for a, a lot of my pretty much my whole primary school life from you know five year old to 12 years old she was out yeah. of my life we yeah. out. Um, but in saying that everything I do now is for her um, so she didn't really guide me along the way but what she's done and it, you know she I just, I just want to do everything for her and and have her a better life and you know she's doing well now but you know, I just really want to make sure that I give her a better life and then come coming into you know a few years back that's when my brother really started to to be a voice in my life and, and help me along the way and um you know I, I wouldn't be sitting here right now if it wasn't for for my brother to be honest You're right <laughs> to be honest yeah and uh, you know you have all your old like school teacher and my old coach um that wasn't my dad that yeah. that, that helped along the way but you know, my mum, my brother, my dad, and and my best mates who have really been the sole, like a, a big reason why I'm here today and and living out my dream. How good was did your brother um so influence you more in life rather than footy? Is yeah, that what you're saying? yeah, yeah. Like he, I do when I have things about footy, I'll go to dad and my brother. Yeah. Um, but when I have things about life, I'll usually go to my mum and my brother. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know? it's weird. Like mum's got no idea sometimes about footy, yeah. so I go yeah. to dad and. And Wade, my brother, but um, yeah, with life, it's not, I'm a bit of a stress head and a worry ward, and, and yeah. my brother quickly uh, pulls me in the line when, I, when I'm doing that. So, um, yeah, my, my brother loves footy and he knows a lot about footy as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just in the early days, it was kind of like uh, he, he wasn't really that, like, you know, you should do this, you should do that. He just wanted me to path my own way, but yeah, just when I've reached out and needed him, he's, he's really been there and he's done a really, a really good job. Yeah, right. You uh, mentioned to me the other day you've had to reach out to your brother. Sometimes, if ever, if ever you need, if you're ever down or stressing about something, it, it's him, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he he sometimes knows if you're ringing. Yeah. You need him, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So when was you, you? You had some parts of your journey. You you moved away, didn't you? Yeah. And. And you did tell me that you did go through tough times. What what was that like? Yeah, I when I talk about this, I say you know moving away up to Mackay, Q Cup was would either make me or broke break me, and you know yeah. it, it almost broke me. But you know now it's definitely made me. And I moved away um, just to get out of my comfort zone and and try something new. And I was a follower of the Cowboys my whole life, and I was like, yeah, you know, right. if I go up to go up to North Queensland and play their reserve grade, kill it. I want to go. I'm gonna be a cowboy player. Cowboy, yeah. <laughs> and then, man, it couldn't have went any different. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I went up there. I had a girlfriend at the time, and you know, and we you know, probably fell apart straight away, and had no money, and didn't have a job, and pretty much slippery, slippery slope straight really? away. You know, went downhill, and um, 
my mum and my brother had a bit of a blue and I was like to my coach, look, this is all a bit much. I need to go home and, and, and sort my life out. Turns out I went home, didn't, didn't work out for me, went back up and the doctor diagnosed me with depression. Right. Um, and yeah, and that was probably one of the biggest and the toughest moments I've ever had to, to deal with purely because, you know, you're a popular kid growing up, you know, you're a good footy player, you've, you know, you've, you've got everything that you've needed and then you get told you got depression, you just think, wow, oh, yeah, why me? Like, this doesn't happen to people like me, you know? And right. I was just so uneducated on depression and why it happens and I just thought, that's my, me done, I'm, my footy career's over, I, this is it for me and I thought, thought like that straight away. I was instantly, I was just like, I, I don't have support network here. I I need to go. I need to go home and uh, be around family and try to sort the relationship that just ended. And um, you know, I rang my brother and I said, "Mate, I'm done. I'll go home and play A grade and be the A grade hero." You know, and um, he's like, "Nah, you're not doing it. You, you're yeah. not. You're not doing it. You need to promise me and you need to think about that five year old kid who had a dream and you know and, and really just give it another crack if it." A proper crack get yourself sorted go see someone help just just promise me you're gonna do it and um you know and if i didn't make that phone call to him um you know i probably wouldn't be sitting here with you right now you know wow that bad yeah it was that bad when, and, when you say the doctor diagnosed you with depression so you obviously went to get help yeah yeah right okay well i mean this is also a great message man like there's there's people listening that are either caring for teenagers, teaching teenagers, having an influence on kids' life. There's this stuff happens, right? So can you share anything there? I mean, um, this podcast got so many little nuggets of gold, but this one's pretty serious, brother. Yeah. Like, how did that come about? How did you know I needed to go to a doctor? Well, my coach Steve Shepherd of the Mackay Cutters. He, um, he's a big advocate of me- mental health and he went through a situation with a player, I think, Regan Grieve. You remember the name yeah, Regan yeah, Grieve? He right. ended up committing suicide and yeah. he just thought it was probably best, Matt, I'm going to book into the doctor just to go just go see. And um, I told the doctor pretty much my life story and I questioned that, do you reckon maybe because of what I went through as a kid with mum you know, going away in jail because I kept that in my whole life. I didn't tell anyone about it. Really? You know, I just really, did, I just didn't know. I wasn't embarrassed, but I just didn't want to be known as a kid that, you know, yeah. comes in jail and you get picked on for it, you know? Yeah. So I kept that in and going for the breakup and then the big move, no money, just being away, you know, everything just went bang and the the doctor said, yeah, you know, you've got, you got depression and obviously he's an expert in what it was and you could see the signs and, um, yeah, and then I was... I was like, you know what, I do need help, and I tried counselling, and you know, it didn't, it wasn't for me at the time, and yeah, um, you know, I was just like, no, nah, I'm alright, I'll beat it, and I, I just kept going home, and it'll be sweet, but you know, and then I went for another time where I went bang and I went downhill again, and even so, I thought about like suicide, you know, even to get to that point, I remember the day going, what are you doing? Like, I don't ever want to feel like this again, and and that's when I really went and seen help and I had a roommate named Aaron Booth who's down with me at the storm we're at the cutters to get me out of the storm and he's another person that's really um, guided me into to being back to the happy self I am and um, yeah it did hit rock bottom big so time so you were like so first of all the coach that spotted the signs yep. the, 
there's something in that for everyone um, that are coaching, yeah. for sure, to yeah. even learn a bit about it. Because you basically saved your life, yeah. what I'm hearing. Yeah. So when you got to that moment, I, I can't, I'm trying to work out, like, you realised, you acknowledged, oh, holy shit, yeah. I have to go get some yeah. help. Yeah, so I went home, went back in the off season. Ended up being so I ended up the two thousand eighteen, two thousand seventeen season. I think it was. I was like this, and then I was went on a high for a little bit, and I was like started playing okay footy, and I was like, no, I can do this on my own. Yeah, went back home to Central Coast for the first weekend of the off season. Yeah, and I just went out with my mates, got blind drunk, um, you know, done a few party drugs. Um, and then had a bender for pretty much the whole weekend and then come Monday, Tuesday, I just hit a come down and that's when I was at my worst and then went and looked around my house first. I, th- I thought I was looking for rope and I, then I couldn't turn and I just sat there. I just went, far out, what are you doing? And I remember that morning I was working with my old man and I was literally crying the whole morning and he's going, Nico, what are you doing? What's wrong? I said, mate, I can't tell you. I don't know. I don't know and just sat there the whole day just crying and that, that afternoon is when I went and tried to do it and luckily I didn't find anything to do it and I just sat there and just went mate you need to get on top of this right now otherwise <sighs> you're not going to go any, any further in your life and what you want to do and after that off season went back to Mackay and um, sorted it out properly mate you know sorted it out properly and what a story yeah it's pretty crazy when you think about it and and, mate, it's so good that you're actually talking about it. Yeah. To yeah. Someone listening, this is going to make a, a difference to, without a doubt. Yeah. There'll be someone listening, it's probably happening too, but there'll be coaches listening that are thinking, should they be on the lookout more? Um, a, whole, a massive, massive respect for you to talk about this. No, so what, what about... Um, even you said you didn't, couldn't talk about your mum for a while, but now you're comfortable with that too, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think she's comfortable with it too, and I don't think she would have, you know, probably a few years ago, there might have been a time when she went, no, nah, I don't want to, but she can see that I can influence people and, and help guide people or inspire people through her story, my story, and she's happy to do that now, and you know, it's good. It's, I'm glad she can do that because maybe she can work in a sort of space that we can do something together, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, and she's she's happy to do it and I'm happy to do it purely so I can help other people. Mate, you are... How old are you? Just turned 25. I'm getting old. Mate, <laughs> <laughs> right. you, you were going to make a difference to so many lives, brother. Um, and even away from that stuff... Um, Let's go to some other areas where you inspire people. Your footy. The young kids out there watching and falling in love with you now playing. Um, you went to a club, best club in such a long time, with so many good people down there. That yep. There's a culture that um, other clubs are envious of. You're behind some really good players. <laughs> One of them gets injured. You jump in, and now your life's just gone boom. Yeah. You're in a state of origin squad. You've just signed a big deal at the Cronulla Sharks. Where are you at right now? How like you're pinching yourself? What is yeah. it like? How are you feeling? I I haven't really had a like time to just sit down and just go. 
this is all just happened for me, you know? And um, I knew I knew I could I could do this. I just needed that little opportunity. And, you know, I don't... I, I wish it never happened to Paps because yeah. Paps is a good player and he could be doing everything I've been doing, you know? Yeah. And, but, you know, it's it's happened and I've took the opportunity and I knew, I knew straight away as soon as I had that opportunity, I had to take it because this could be my last... Well, not last chance, but this could be a chance I won't get again if I didn't take it and, and run with it. And, and I'm, I'm really glad I have. And it's been, Such a great story. It's been a whirlwind. It's been... It's been crazy because when we were, my manager and I were talking about what we're going to do for next year, because I knew I couldn't stay at the Storm any longer. You know, like I love the club so much, and I wish I could be there. But you know, you got Paps, Jerome, and, and Munster. Like they're going to be yeah. three great players for the rest of their careers. Um, yeah. So I needed somewhere, and the opportunity has arisen that I could go to the Sharks, and well, I put my name out there for the clubs for the first time in my career. I've had more than one NRL club coming after me, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, no, I really, I really liked that time going through that process, but it was also a bloody stressful time. Was it? <laughs> it was. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad that it's all over with now and uh, I can see myself hopefully playing a long career and, and being successful. And I, now I'm in this Blues game, I don't ever want to be out of it, you know? Awesome. And, and I'll be striving for that. So you mentioned that um, you had the love for the game and then you've obviously made sacrifices along the way, moving away, all that stuff. Um, but then just really fine-tuning your craft the last couple of years down yep. in Melbourne. What You mentioned the word before, like studying vision with Cameron Smith. and What advice do you have to that player that's, that's trying to do what you do? Um, not so much the love part, the passion part, the dream part, but you, what are the actions you took down there? What what actions every day do you do? Yeah, I um making sure that I was so prepared for this opportunity because uh, you never know when it's going to happen, and you know you don't want to be, you know, when you think you're ready, you need to be more ready, you know. And um, last year I, I was sussing out whether I should leave or not, but I'm so glad I didn't leave because I. If I went to another club, I probably wouldn't be as ready as I am now. Another another preseason Melbourne Storm, and just putting every little extra detail into everything you do, whether it's on the field, in the gym, in recovery, um, your diet. I didn't think like all that extra stuff was that important, but it, it really. If you want to be successful in this game, you got to do those little things every day and and do them to perfection. You know, every every little rep out in the field, like I'll I'll be out there. And I'll do things before forward and then I'll do it for 20 minutes, 30 minutes after and I'll want to be the last person on the field. I want to be working off at least one of the five last people in there. So, And then, you know, I'm not a big watcher of myself um, in, in video, but I, I study other games. Like I, I'm a nerd of the game. I watch pretty much every single game of footy on the weekend. And just so I know who's, what centre's doing what, if I'm at the back, if they're going to jam on me, if they're going to hold out, you know, and just try to know the opposition from back to front so when I'm out there and I can just back my skill straight away um, and yeah it's just putting in that, that hard work that extra work that you know the people that in the grandstand don't see you know they don't see you working on your pass just doing as simple as just catch pass 20 times extra okay so the audio and video cut off there but I encourage you to still follow Nico follow his story follow his journey so much to share he gave so much to the club he ended up at 
he becomes Dalian Player of the Year, the most valuable player in the NRL. Such a champion on and off the field. And thank you, Nico, for sharing with us. Thank you.